Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cocktail Conceit. Uh, my name is Adam Haskins. Uh, man, I, I need to... Why do I suddenly forget how to do our intro? <laughs> oh, like the past two episodes, I just like... You fucked up I last time now? too. Yeah, I fucked up last time too. Anyway, welcome to the Cocktail Conceit. It's a podcast where two best friends who live in uh, mutually exclusive states uh, talk to each other about a piece of media that one of us has seen and the other one hasn't experienced before. And uh, then at the very end, we have to come up with a cocktail based on this piece of media. And that's the conceit. So uh, my name is Adam. I'm a craft cocktail bartender here in Columbus, Ohio. My name is Logan. I'm a craft cocktail bartender and events coordinator in Evansville, Indiana. And we are joined uh, this time by a special guest. Oh, am I supposed to introduce myself now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Kathleen. Yeah. Uh, I'm Kathleen Gillette. I am also a bartender in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I also make wedding nice. invitations. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we all side hustle. Very cool. Yeah. Gotta have a side hustle. I, like, yeah, me personally, I am a, uh, a murderer for hire, but I, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people I, like to call it a mercenary, but I just like to cut through the cut through all the bullshit. Like I murder people for profit. <laughs> I I like at the intro when you said you lived in mutually exclusive states because it, it kind of sounds like a Markov chain thing. Like of course, Ohio and Indiana. <laughs> he doesn't usually say that, so mutually maybe he's just exclusive. nervous as you're here. Maybe. Yeah. No, I, I like the math terminology. I like to just uh, <laughs> subtly change the intro every time. Exclusive. No. Okay. Like almost every intro has been identical until the last episode. Oh really? Yeah. I don't. I don't have it written down. The first really episode like and the the one we just did before this were different. Oh, and then every other one okay. else has been like pretty much on point. Just spicing it up. Oh uh, yeah, spicing it up. Like you know what? Like I did the same thing for like several episodes. Now I gotta I gotta start subtly changing it up in. It's sort of like one of those picture-in-picture, like, can you see what the difference is? Like, ooh, yes, I can see. In this one, the man's cane is black, and in this one, it's brown. Look, just make it mostly the same every time. That's all I care about. All right, yeah. I'll I'll still impart the same information, but in different ways. All right, well, hey, hey, Logan, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Adam. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing as well as can be done in these... uh, In in these... uh, What's the commercial thing in these, in times like these? Yeah. Yeah, sure. How you doing, Kat? Oh, I'm good. Pretty, pretty good. I, I got bitten up by some mosquitoes yesterday. So. I don't want to live in the Ohio River Valley anymore. I I was thinking, I, I feel like every year the mosquitoes have just evolved into more monstrous versions of the previous year i straight up had it's gone down now but i had swelling the size of like a golf ball on my ankle from the mosquito bite mine's not that bad but mosquitoes love me they have always loved me i I, they didn't used to it's it's been an adult thing um i think they liked my sister more when I, i lived at home so now i'm now i'm alone and uh even since i was a kid I have always been covering mosquito bites if I go outside during the summer. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't that's remember awful. to like put bug spray on every time I take a walk. So I just like the smell of it. Thing. 
Well, I actually started using this um, all-natural one, mm. and I didn't think it would work, but it does. It works pretty well, and it mm. doesn't smell bad because it's lemongrass oil or you something like that. send me a link to it because I'd be interested I in should. That. Yeah. It, I mean, I kind of use a lot of it, mm-hmm. but I don't mind the smell, and it seems to work. Hmm. I just don't like yeah. DEET. Deep yeah, just de- yeah. I just I just like to rub poison straight on my body. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking it, basically. Trying to get cancer it kills as me soon sl- as possible. Yeah. <laughs> it kills me slowly, but it kills the mosquitoes instantaneously. I guess it's better than malaria. I guess I, I, hey, I don't know. Hey, Maybe malaria not. isn't going to catch itself. No, that's right. No, it's not. All right, all right, Logan. So, oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Logan. What, what are you drinking? <laughs> so, I'm drinking a daiquiri, but it is a pineapple ginger daiquiri. Wait, because I used um, ounce and a half of overproof plantation rum, ounce and a half of pineapple plantation rum. Yeah. And then I did an ounce and a half of pineapple juice, acid corrected. And then I just made a ginger syrup, literally, like, right before we started. Oh, wait, is that the ginger syrup you were talking about yes. yesterday? Yeah. I want to try I it out. Ve- yeah, I'm very interested in... You got to tell me more about that ginger syrup. It's literally equal parts uh, sugar, water, and ginger, like roughly chopped, not like aggressively, but like in big chunks. And you just blend it all together. And you take, um, I took, um, it's a nut bag. It's kind of like cheesecloth. And you just pour it through that and squeeze everything out. And you'll just end up with like a bunch of ginger pulp. But what's left is just a syrup. How like how gingery does it taste, and how spicy is it? <laughs> Go ahead, take a sip. Research must be done. <laughs> it's not aggressively spicy, mm. but it is very gingery. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would. I would like to experiment with that method. The you method I. The method I use, mm-hmm. which uh, like I swear by, uh, you have to have a very specific piece of machinery called an emulsifying juicer. Yeah. Or like. Uh, the brand name that has become a generic name. A lot of people just call it a RoboCoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, though, if you if you take one of these things, you can just like take an orange and like throw it in there, and the machine it goes into this black box, and the machine just goes, Nyeh! and then out one side shoots like some dry pulp, and then out the other side shoots uh, juice, mm-hmm. and like you just like huck whole fruits and vegetables in there and it just does its black magic that and then wild. you are rendered yeah it, it, they're pretty great huh. um but yeah you just um take some ginger root uh you peel them off a little bit you peel the skin off a little bit roughly uh, not you don't have to be super detailed on it just to help the robocoop and then you just throw the chunks in there and uh there's a you have to put in quite a bit of ginger root because there's not a whole lot of juice that comes out the other end yeah mm. uh, but you really don't need that much juice because once you have mm literally ginger juice you combine that with equal parts by weight like sugar so if you have like like uh like 100 mils of ginger juice you just add you know 100 grams of sugar to it and then you have to put it in a blender as well because if you heat the ginger juice at all uh it instantaneously cooks and tastes terrible uh but yeah you just like blend them together until it's incorporated and then that is ginger syrup which is really spicy and super fucking gingery and if you put more than like 10 milliliters into a drink uh it's like almost unpleasant (laughs) too much that sounds aggressive yeah it's kind of very aggressive is how i would describe it 
Oh yeah, but it's awesome because ginger like is is a bit of a preservative, so like you can just take that and like stick it in a fridge and it'll last mm. for over a month easy. Like it just won't go off because like stuff can't live in it because it's, it's just ginger. yeah, it's just ginger and sugar. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. This is really easy to make. I you just need a blender. It's pretty cool. That sounds like a better one to use at yeah. home. Well, I mean, I guess you need a blender and a nut bag. Because yeah. you can't yeah. double strain that. It's you really can't get on. good ginger juice without some sort of piece of specialty equipment, yeah. no matter what it is. Ginger is just such a weird, mm-hmm. like yeah. ingredient. It's like let's get let's juice a bunch of like tubers, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, what if you made a potato syrup? <laughs> what if you made a potato syrup? And then what if you brewed that potato syrup? And then what if you distilled that brewed potato syrup? <laughs> Oh, well, pretty good. we were just uh, reading about, have you had Carlson Gold Vodka before? No. Apparently, it tastes very much like potatoes still because, or potatoes still because it's pot still, then it's, yeah. um, it only goes through like one filtration, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. They only distill it once. They only distill it one time. So it is, it is vodka. Filter it. And it, they say it tastes like potato and it's, it's supposed to be really good. But the, the cocktail that was suggested with it was it's supposed to just be drunk straight because you're supposed to enjoy the flavor. And they have a really special like blend of six potatoes they use. And then all that they put in the drink was uh, that vodka over rocks and then black pepper on top because huh. they were trying to make it taste like a baked potato. I would put that but in a Bloody Mary. Well, I was saying yeah. if you like, yeah, it would probably be delicious in a Bloody Mary, but yeah. if you like butter fat wash that potato Ooh. vodka, I bet that might taste good. I'm just butter saying. fat wash that and then put it in a Bloody yeah. Mary. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mary. like a b- buttery potato in a, mm, mm. That I feel like you can make it old fashioned if like you had a liquor that just tasted really potatoey, like fat wash it with butter, then like make a black pepper syrup huh. or a yeah. black pepper tincture to act as the bitter. I feel like, I think a tincture or like a bitters might work better. Mm. I feel like, yeah, I'd almost want it to be savory at that point. Yeah? Mm. That's why it'd be good in that Bloody Mary. True. He doesn't like those. I don't like Bloody Marys. That's okay. Have you had a Bloody Maria? uh, Bloody Marys? I I don't like drinking tomato, and I don't like drinking spicy tomato, and I don't like drinking spicy tomato with booze in it. Well. I love all those things so much. (laughs) But what if it had tequila in it? Right? I mean, tequila is good. I really... You know what I would rather have? I would rather just uh, filter that tequila back out and just drink the tequila straight. All right, fine. All right. So what are you guys drinking? Uh, so I am actually uh, speaking of tequila, mm-hmm. drinking a spicy margarita uh, that I made with uh, blanco tequila and then ancho reyes, mm. which is like an ancho chili uh, liquor. Yeah, it's like forty percent, so it's still like like full proof. Mm-hmm. And then also I have made this before. But I made it with like you know pre-bottled lime juice because like it, it's the plague times, so yeah. you take what you can get. But this time I used like a fresh squeezed lime, and it tastes so much better. I believe that fresh mm. citrus that. is just better. It can definitely de- take a little bit more simple syrup than my normal margaritas because the ancho reyes is not sweet. No, it's it's, it's like more bitter. It's a weird liqueur like that. It doesn't add any sweetness. Yeah. I do like it though. So cat. What are you drinking? No, I'm, I have a lovely uh, key lime goza here mm. from Urban Artifact. Nice. And it says it was brewed with sea salt and coriander, mm. which I didn't know. Uh, yeah. And it also says to drink fresh, do not cellar. 
which is good because I was yeah. about to take it down to the beer cellar and store yeah, it for, right. <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. That, store it for five years. For, for five years. That's actually a thing with some IPAs, too. I forget what kind. There's one type of IPA that, like, preserves really well, and there's another mm-hmm. kind that doesn't. Um, oh, does it become super beer? <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it just, or just it loses bad. the hops, like the hoppy oh. flavor. I oh. want to say it's... I can't remember. I've lost. I've lost the memory. Okay. Yeah. No, it's really nice. Mm. It's it's a pretty pretty tasty one. I will say, um, somewhat recently we had a PB and J sour by Urban Artifact that was really fucking good. I really want to try that. It's so good. Really good. I have noticed in the past like twelve to eighteen months that PB and J flavored stuff has become like a really big trend in cocktails and booze in general or at least i guess i guess it's anecdotal but it's from yeah. from my evidence like lots i've seen lots of pb and j themed cocktails on menus i've seen a lot of uh craft breweries making pb and j tasting stuff whether it's like beer or stouts or sours or mead well it's popular i think because everyone mm-hmm. who's of drinking age now loved pb and j as a kid so everyone wants it so and yeah. wants to be nostalgic right Fun fact about PB&Js, they're really weird, and nowhere else in the world eats those. They do not. <laughs> yeah. Because... They barely eat peanut butter. <laughs> well, so PB&Js were a thing they would feed to the uh, soldiers, the American soldiers in World War II. Oh, Because they're really high calorie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And super easy to make. Like, none of that requires any amount of refrigeration. No, yeah, yeah. So you can just feed a whole army on PB&Js. And when World War II veterans came back, they still wanted PB&Js. Like, it was, like, nostalgic. Man, PB&J is actually, Mm -hmm. when you think of it that way, like, you got a good shot of protein in the peanut butter. Oh, for sure. You got your carbs with Mm -hmm. the bread. And then if you're, like, marching, you know... 12 miles a day you uh, need some sugar in that yeah that yeah fruit. like like jelly is basically just that weird uh sugar goo that marathon runners eat out of go packs <laughs> yeah that's true yeah it's like energy gel yeah so you got your long-term energy with the carbs you got your uh even longer term energy with the protein and then you got your short burst of sugar energy with the jelly yeah. that's probably also one of the few examples of army food that actually tastes pretty good yeah because <laughs> like reading great. about stuff like yeah. dehydrated eggs and stuff i'm like oh, oh yeah tastes... oh, well, what about what about spam oh yeah there's spam. i yeah. think there, spam's there is okay spam. i don't like spam yeah no oh i saw this cocktail bar in honolulu and they had uh some cocktails that they served in spam containers and it was very cute why <laughs> why is spam so popular in hawaii Oh, because of uh, because of military because oh. of military bases. Uh, it's sense. really popular in Japan too because of all the American military bases. But they make it look cute. Like they'll take it out because they use those cans to make like little spam sandwiches, and it kind of looks like a little sushi sandwich. Like they'll pack the rice huh. in and then like wrap it with nori, and they look cute. I mean, I don't think spam tastes bad. I don't think I ever ate spam before I'm a vegetarian. I feel like spam is basically like even worse bologna, just in oh. a can, right? Yeah, like, I don't like bologna. Bologna is gross. I used to love bologna. Yeah. It was, I feel like I was the kid that liked all the cheap stuff. So it was easy for my parents to feed me. <laughs> bologna, like, <"Yash." laughs> bologna is just hot dog pancakes. That's what it is. It is. 
I that's really grew such out, a good way to describe that's nasty. it. Oh. I, I grew out of it as in a, like a middle schooler, but I loved it when I was little. I thought it was so good. Yeah, my parents I always tried to get me to eat it. Like they would try to fry bologna and put it on a sandwich. Ooh, like, fried bologna. Ooh, that's, that's going a little far there. It's like fried Twinkies. I think <laughs> Have you ever had one? <laughs> I did that once, like when I was in college, when we were living at Ghost House together. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I never ate it as a child really much, like bologna. But for some reason, I was like, you know what I want? I want to fucking take a slice of big, really thick slice of bologna and like fry it in a pan and put a single piece of like American cheese on it and mayo and eat it on bread. Yeah. And so I did that once and I was like, this is fine. Not worth the effort. And then I just <laughs> ended up eating the rest of that bologna by like either going to the fridge and not knowing what to eat. So I would like slowly eat a piece of bologna. Here's a slice of bologna in my mouth. Fridge. Yeah. Oh man. No, I loved a good like bologna and cheese sandwich. But when you think about it, that's not really like the best. No. No. It's <laughs> not actually, a nutritious meal. It's really bad. You, you should probably actually just eat a PB&J. Yeah. At that point, it's just well, nutritious. So that's how I learned that PB&J fact is that I was thinking about PB&Js and learning how like peanut butter is not good for you. And then I'm like, the other half of this is just sugar in jelly form and then bread. So the reason yeah. why that was popular is just because of calories. They like Because you just want a lot. Yeah. Like I would say peanut butter, American style peanut butter is not good for you. When it when you get like a jar of like the Smucker's Natural and it's just like we, we crush we crush some nuts and put some salt in this. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll eat that. Natural peanut butter is a lot better. Yeah, because yeah. it is just the nuts. No, it's interesting, too, like, being in... Because I was uh, in France for a study abroad, and peanut butter's really expensive because <laughs> nobody eats it over there. That so it was, sense. like, eight or nine euros for a jar of peanut butter, Ooh. which is a lot. But a lot of the kids that were in the group, like, didn't want to venture out. And I was like, well, I'm here. I'm eating, like, cheap baguettes and pâté. Like, dude, they had, like, pâté that was super cheap. But it was basically sold in, like, bologna containers, like, in the grocery store deli section. So I was like, I'm eating this every day. So I was basically eating, like, foie gras and baguette. But they were, they were like, set on having their peanut butter. So they would waste a bunch of money buying peanut butter. Why would you do that? I, it like, seemed like a waste of an experience, Also, honestly. you can take a yeah. jar of peanut butter into a country if it's sealed. Like, you just put yeah. in your... Uh, oh, yeah. No, they're like, on. no, I have to have my PB&J. I'm like, are we not adults here? No. <laughs> like, I thought... Oh. So in New Zealand, do you want to know what they call like natural peanut butter? Hmm. Uh, peanut butter. You, they. New Zealand actually is one of the other, one of the only like like overseas countries that like always has peanut butter in grocery stores. But you cannot find a fucking jar from the bottom shelf to the top shelf that is not just ingredients: peanuts, salt. <laughs> and I I have no idea how they have such a variety when like huh. literally every single jar is just peanuts, salt. <laughs> Their peanuts must be better. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> no, that's just branding for you. Yeah, marketing, mm-hmm. marketing. Okay. It's all that. So, oh, enough about time... oh, okay. food. Yeah, enough about peanut butter. I was like that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, when I finally came back from overseas and, like, had American-style peanut butter for the first time, I, like, I got a jar and I, like, put it on a sandwich and I took a bite and I almost, like, like gagged because it just tasted like I had made a frosting sandwich. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, American peanut butter is just peanut frosting. Actually, American peanut butter does make really good cake frosting. I just believe straight that. Out of the jar. Like sure. yeah, straight, yeah, yeah, Skippy, just straight out of the jar. It's yeah. like a good... It okay. actually... Skippy's okay. gross. <laughs> I mean, speaking of, way, food, yeah, uh... speaking of food... Yeah, speaking of food... 
So, uh, Kat, uh, the reason you're here is because uh, you're the person who brought the piece of media that I have never seen. Okay. Logan's seen a little bit. Okay. Uh, I think I've seen it like twice or three times. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but you have seen a lot and uh, really enjoy. So what what did we uh, what did we watch this time? Oh, okay. Well, uh, we we watched Kiki's Delivery Service, which is a really yeah. fun Studio Ghibli movie for those who aren't familiar. Um, yeah, I like I like all of the Ghibli movies, but Me too. I feel like this one was just a nice. It's a good feel good just charming kind of movie to watch yeah, this, it's yeah nothing traumatic really happened yeah no. this is the this is the third studio ghibli movie i've now seen in my entire life um, what was the first well, one right. uh the first one was uh ponyo oh, which i yeah. saw in the theater for some reason what? i don't even remember yeah i saw ponyo in the theater i don't remember who i went with it's wild I, yeah um huh. but then yeah i saw ponyo in the theater and then uh, yeah, the other one has been Housewood and Castle oh, yeah. for this podcast, and now uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Man, I do like that we're doing a lot of Ghibli movies. That makes me happy. I think it's fun. I like There's Ghibli. actually um, a movie theater down the street from me, and they have a Ghibli event every year. Oh, yeah. And they just like stream Ghibli movies for a few days. AMC's been doing that for a while. They do... Um, oh, like Like every summer, they do a series of Ghibli movies. I love that. Yeah. It's pretty cool, so, Kat, actually. So, we usually, we usually start by asking uh, the person who brought it, like, when was the first time you seen it, and, like... Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't even remember. I I think I must have been, like, eighth grade, mm-hmm. and it was on a VHS. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> my parents only just got rid of their VHS player last year. Damn. So. My mom still owns a VHS well, player. Well, it had a DVD player as well, so it was like a combo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what my mom has. Yeah. And I think it finally kicked the bucket. But yeah, we saw, we owned a copy. I think it was even not in a, like a nice plastic case. It was like the paper sleeve, you know. Oh, wow. VHS tape. But yeah, I feel like, I, I think it was... Ooh, I want to say, um, like, number two or three. I, I can't remember because I started to get really into I I think mm-hmm. Castle in the Sky was my first Ghibli movie. I still haven't I started... seen that one. Oh, it's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a little trippy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that one I enjoyed, but, yeah, I think that kind of... I really enjoyed it at the time as a, you know, 13-year-old, I guess, and then yeah. I just went on a Ghibli kick, and then... Um, yeah, I think my sister got really into them too, so I kind of went through them all a second time. Nice. But yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. So Logan, you've seen this before. Yeah, I saw this one for the first time in college. Um, oh. Obviously, I'd seen a lot of other Ghibli films. My first being Princess Mononoke, mm. probably around the same time as Cat. I was like eight, seventh grade, maybe. Okay. on the anime channel that used to be part of uh it's like a showtime package or something weird like that oh yeah oh that's cool um yeah but i've watched that one house moving castle mm-hmm. um i've seen ponyo i'd actually i don't like i don't like ponyo very much it's it's kind of weird. I mean, like she's got odd. what basically has like David Bowie for a dad, and yeah. like, you know, Kate Blanchett, like Galadriel for a mom. Like it's very bizarre. I, I will say well, I it, don't blame yeah. David Bowie dad for being into the mom. 
Even Not though she's all. like three times the size of his him. size. Yeah, it's weird. She's just like a big goddess, giant. She's like a like a Polynesian god, ocean goddess almost, or something. I don't I'm know, into it. Yeah, into I mean, she, she's yeah, quite gorgeous. Well, yeah, because that was supposed to be like uh, a Little Mermaid, you know, spinoff, and yeah. it's just very yeah, very interesting. I I thought it was cute, but the thing yeah. I love the most about that movie is the mom when she drives is just all over the road. She is a the wildest <laughs> driver. It's crazy. I don't think I remember Ponyo super well. well. No, we might we might need to revisit. But we could revisit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'll find someone know, who actually yeah. likes it. Ponyo, maybe maybe someone it's, who likes it. It's it okay. Well. It's not. Yeah, it's terrible. like enjoyable, but yeah, yeah definitely. It um, it would I never think... be my top Ghibli movie. Ever. I feel like children really enjoy it. Like my sister was really young when she saw it, and I she loved it. But it is that. about kids, so yeah. I think they relate. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, cool adventure with kids my age." Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I also watched uh, My Neighbor Totoro in college as well for the first time. Oh, okay, that one's so cute. I, I like that one. one. Like, it's like one of their yeah, classics. Yeah. Of all of the um, more slice movies. of life kind of Ghibli movies, that yeah, one's probably sure. my favorite. Plus, um, Totoro, I think, is one of their most like sold characters oh, like it's like sure. the disney plushie i do yeah. recognize totoro as the pikachu of the ghibli yeah, yeah. He, he's like he's like that character where I, I feel like i know a lot of people who have totoro pillows and yeah it's you know. either that or the uh the suit sprites yes yeah. the this oh yeah the suits but yes my cousin actually has <laughs> like a work blouse and she's like oh yeah it's this adult what i have to check it out uh, i forget what it's called but <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's a clothing site, but they have, like, anime-themed clothing, but for adults in a tasteful way. I'm like, gotcha. ah, so I can I can wear stuff to... <laughs> I I remain skeptical of that. <laughs> no, she looked great. Like, the blouse was yeah. nice. I looked oh, and I was like, okay. are those, like, soot sprites on a blouse? And that looks cool. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's this great website. I'm like, I gotta check it out. <laughs> I believe in this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I first saw uh, Kiki's Delivery Service uh, a couple days ago when I was yeah. so, uh, so hungover. Oh my god, <laughs> I was. Oh god, I was so hungover. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he mentioned. Oh, I, I think we did tell you, but he he drank mm. uh, like, I mean, I don't know, two ounces of of Everclear. Yikes. Yeah. So. Which is not a good decision. We went to like a bonfire, which was like outside. Everyone was like pretty socially distant. And then we went to a like uh, uh, a meadery, a party at meadery that with all the people that we had already been protesting with and stuff. Um, yeah, like the so meadery we to, was closed. It was yeah, just like it was to workers. celebrate one of our one of the bartenders there getting his citizenship, which is great. Nice. Um, but uh, like, so we went to two parties that night, and uh, like at the first party, I, I drove, and then at some point, I decided. I, I am going to get myself to the point where I can't drive tonight. And so... So I drove us back. Yeah. That's so a in that process, uh, I ran out of booze to drink at the fire. And so I had two ounces of a spray bottle that we've been making ever since the pandemic hit. Of yeah. It's Everclear. And then like, that's like two ounces of Everclear and then like 10 mils of rose water. And that's... Yeah. That makes it like the perfect amount for. Oh, oh! You just started just making like that. Them? I did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh I love it. <laughs> Mine doesn't have rose water though. I just let Everclear sit with a bunch of lemon peels. Oh, I bet oh, that smells that's great. Oh, that's super smart. It smells super good. 
And I just mix yes. water with it. That's, That's awesome. Good. It smells so good. Well, we started yeah. dropping essential oil in, which, I mean, it's basically perfume. So yeah. if we put some, like, eucalyptus oil. Yeah, those smell really good. But yeah. the, the one that I had was just like, yeah, like Booze Everclear and rose water. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I ran out of uh, the drinks that we had brought. And, but I wasn't as drunk as I wanted to be, so then I drank the two ounces of well, Everclear out and of I, my And I think I tried bottle. to confiscate it at one point, and then he found it, <laughs> and, I, and, found it, and I, I, just, I looked, and it was just empty, and I yeah. was like, well, guess I'm driving and if now. And if I had stopped there, I would have had a good night, but I didn't stop there. You didn't stop there. <laughs> you didn't. Well, and then once we drove, because the meadery where I used to work is right down from like the, my apartment, so I was like, okay, we can walk. Uh you know, so I, I can have a bit of a wild night too, but yeah, he, uh, <laughs> it, it got pretty wild. I think everyone was yeah, already pretty we wild when we got there, so. We didn't know about it, so we weren't planning on going to that one. Mm-hmm. That was a, a second party that happened. It was, it was kind of spontaneous. So, like, it, yeah. I had gotten to myself to the point where, like, all right, cool. If I, I knew that if I, I drank that Everclear, like, I would, I would need to be done for the night, but I would feel really good. Yeah. Uh, but then we went to a second party, and, and where I took, a, like, I think a shot of whiskey and then a shot of absinthe, at and least. I think a third shot of whiskey. He Yikes. was very much clamoring for shots, too. Like, he came in immediately and was like, I want more booze! And <laughs> See, that's the problem. Once you get to a certain drunk level, you just want to take shots, and that's the yeah, last and, thing oh. you should be doing. Yeah. You shouldn't. It was, it was a rough Drink thing. a beer. A coworker, a coworker buddy of mine once described it as, uh, you can always tell when someone's drunk because they want to drink more booze. Yeah. Uh, but that's just the alcohol monster inside you trying to get fed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a comedian who talks about that. Eliza Schlesinger, actually. She has a, a joke about her party demon. And she, she calls it like, oh, her party goblin. She calls it the party goblin. Oh. She's like the party goblin. Speaking of more booze, right. I have now switched uh, drinks to, uh, I, I finished my cocktail. And now mm-hmm. I'm drinking a bottle of Dragon's Milk Ooh. Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. It's 11% ABV. I mean, it's basically that, um, a wine at that point. <laughs> yeah, I know what it basically is. And, it's uh, basically a barley wine. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I took a sip, and this is not as good as I remember it. See, I really... that was the beer that made me think that I liked beer for the first time. I yeah. I feel like it's better in winter. Stouts are always better in winter. I would agree. Right, so I, have, I have a problem, is that when I went overseas, um, all the beer in New Zealand uh, sucks ass. Sorry, New Zealand. But as compared yeah. to like the craft beer that I can get in the Midwest... Mm-hmm. All the beer in New Zealand, like, is 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 okay. The best beer in New Zealand is okay if you brought it over here. Mm-hmm. It would be a mid-tier seller at any craft brewery here in the Midwest. Yeah, uh, I will say the one thing that America does really well is make booze. They do. We make really? a lot of booze. Yeah. We make it really good. Like, I feel like bartending as a whole, like, we, we kind of have that to our credit. That's, like, the one art that we can say. Yeah, like, like this is we this is an American This is a, like, tradition. responsible. Like, Which, even, I mean, thank God we have something. <laughs> I, lived, I lived with a lot of Germans when I was in New Zealand mm-hmm. because New Zealand is just chock-a-block full of fucking uh, German 19-year-olds getting huh. as hammered as possible. I believe that. Uh, but, like... They always are talking like, oh, Oktoberfest, oh, our beers are so good. But all their laws on beers are so restrictive that yeah. it's just like, all right, cool, cool, cool. This is a really good form of, like, bush light. Mm-hmm. Good bully for you. But, like, even the, just like the craft scene in America, like, you can only, if you're in southern Indiana, which is where we're both from, mm-hmm. uh, you can get, like, craft beer from, like, northern indiana every once in a while and then like the surrounding like half the surrounding states 
But then if you like move to Denver like I did for a while, like the craft beer scene is entirely different. Yeah. And like your knowledge of beer, you have to start from ground zero and it's all different. And like this, the popular stuff is all different names and it's all, it tastes completely different. Yeah. And there are people making crazy shit like this fucking dragon's milk, which is like a million percent or any, like pick any, uh, like run of the mill, uh, craft brew IPA in the U S and it is hoppier than anything else you can get in the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's originally from Germany. Um, but I was talking to her at one point about beer laws cause I was getting into craft beer in the United States and she was just blown away by what kind of stuff we allowed in our beer here because there it's like it's like five ingredients or something like it's very very limited and if you don't follow those lines you can't call it german beer oh specifically like a german beer yeah well that that seems to put yeah it's kind of like how bourbon works in the united states where like they have like a legal definition of what you have to follow german beer Otherwise, it's American whiskey. Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. But, so. the, like, in America, like, we, like, uh, Ten Cup from Colorado mm-hmm. is an American whiskey, and it's it's really fucking good. Yeah, no, Ten Cup is solid. It's yeah, not that expensive see, either. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty I don't, good But rest. I don't see, like, even, like, our rough, def- like, our hard definition on that thing doesn't keep people from doing, like, crazy weird experiments in, like, no. craft distilleries in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, like, the craft beard, like, thing here in the U.S. is, like, oh this this year we made a beer out of strawberries and like bee skeletons <laughs> bees wings yeah. yeah yeah well it's funny i had a uh, customer at um the ramen bar where i bartended and he was from france and he came in a few times whenever he was in town for his company and he would always order a jackie o's mystic mama ipa which is like a, a nice ipa but he yeah it's like he, a mass market like you know dude bro ipa right but he he was older and he he was like this is actually really nice so he'd also he would always order one and then he was looking at where it was from he's like oh athens where where is that and i was like actually it's not too far from here and he looks and he goes there's five microbreweries in this small town he's like <laughs> i've never seen this many microbreweries in the whole country of france like that's yep. just not a thing what is this yeah and you're like yeah i guess most towns you can go into the middle of nowhere and there's probably a microbrewery yeah, you can, there you can fucking go to akron ohio <laughs> and there's and a there's, microbrewery there's there. like, uh, there's like a couple oh yeah akron the made the made up place it is oh, made goodness. up i i've never was, been there I had never been there either. Uh, I I will say they, they seem to be in their own bubble because it did not look like COVID existed <laughs> when like we drove well. through. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, well, um, <laughs> that's great. Oh, oh, but the point I was trying to make is that um, I stopped drinking beer when I went overseas. Because mm-hmm. um, hey, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, but hey, heads up to anyone listening to this podcast. If you think of yourself as like a person who drinks beer and a beer connoisseur... Never stop, because if you stop, then uh, you get to where you were when you were like 17, 18, 19, and you like don't like drinking beer, and you have to teach yourself to re-like the taste. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, I've never decided to go through the hassle of making myself re-like beer, because there's a lot of calories, and like there isn't that much booze in any of them, Mm. and if I'm going (laughs) to... take in that many calories and that much sugar i'm just gonna drink a cocktail 
instead. Yeah. Like, I'll just, you know what? Beer's great. You got, you distill beer and you get whiskey. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna drink the finished product. <laughs> Not this intermediary. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll just, fair. instead of drinking a, a, like a bottle of beer, I'll just drink, you know, an ounce and a half of like finished scotch. Mm. Well, you know, beer, uh, isn't too bad of a drink. I mean, Kiki, Kiki here is like surrounded by bread all her days in this. This is true. This is like beer beer might be more relevant, you know? Yeah. Maybe we should get back to that. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we should get back to the topic. That was was a bit of a stretch. So what, so what I I felt when, uh, when I watched it and like on my bad, bad hangover day, um, that was exactly what I needed to watch. Like, uh, I remember you, I told this to you yesterday, but I'm going to repeat it. Uh, when I was watching the movie, I kept wait. I kept waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Uh, but then it didn't. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, that's basically the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Like there is a plot for the most part, but the conflict is not like most movies. Right. She's just kind of yeah. like uh, we were saying. It's very similar to uh, Spider Man, mm-hmm. like in his second. Spider-Man oh yeah, yeah, movie the second is... Sam Raimi Spider Man, where he loses his powers because his powers. he doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because because you, you lose the joy, you're depressed. He gets so, sad, uh, and then he yeah. loses his powers. Yeah. Well, it's funny too. I was thinking every Ghibli movie always has like some sort of food item in it, mm-hmm. and I think in this one it was that weird herring and pumpkin pie, but it they oh, made yeah. it look kind of tasty. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I was looking yeah. and I was like. And I was talking with some friends uh, the other day, and we were talking about there's a Studio Ghibli um, like theme park in Japan, mm-hmm. and there's a restaurant on the premises where you can order all the food from all uh, the Ghibli movies. What? And I was like, I bet that's on there. I would really like to try it. I would that's like awesome. to try some fucking like herring pumpkin pie. Well, I I think too pumpkin can be savory, right? So yeah. if if you do put it in, in like a herring pot pie, it's probably not too terrible. Yeah, thank you. We like speaking of food, there's something else I noticed in this movie that I um, that I noticed in Howl's Moving Castle, mm-hmm. and specifically when like Kiki first gets to like the bakery and like the woman makes her hot cocoa, is that there's like a full like eight seconds where there's no dialogue. Yep. And the woman is like, "Here, let me make you some hot cocoa," and then like scene change. They're upstairs, and we just see the woman preparing two mugs to make hot cocoa in and it just like like yeah yeah we, we get it you you know we're, you're gonna make hot cocoa but then they like ghibli really likes to show you those like really small quiet moments yeah. and it really reminded me of howl in howl's moving castle like like making eggs in real time mm-hmm. yeah well i think um like because I, I was really into foreign films for a while i think that's definitely a thing I've noticed in just foreign films in general is like they, there will be some very extended quiet scenes where nobody's mm. talking and you're just walk, watching them do some basic thing and it's kind of nice honestly because I feel like mm. we're used to really fast-paced stuff like mm. <laughs> I really liked the Lego movie but it was so fast-paced I was like I am not young enough to like have the energy <laughs> attention to keep up yeah. because I was like okay they're having this dialogue where are we now it was literally like Two seconds in this location. Now we're in another location, and then they, it was it was all it was very funny, but it, it was it kind it, it's like how Bollywood movies always have a musical number, even if they're not a musical. They have like mm-hmm. one musical number, and like that's why it's Bollywood. Yeah, it seems like Ghibli movies 
and I, I don't remember Ponyo super well, but I feel like there was definitely like a someone is preparing food for the kids scene. Yeah. And it's like There's for I sure think, food in Ponyo. Well, her I mom makes them this really badass ramen in Ponyo. And it's and they they That's like it. making the food look really appetizing. Or um mm. or even if it's not food, like because uh, Ghibli came out with that borrower Arietti movie and there was just a scene where um like the rain's just falling on leaves for a really you're just watching it and you're like okay okay and then it's just like like, still falling and he like bakes into his scripts like just uh, the rain falls uh 32 second pause for the (laughs) studio that i help run to flex (laughs) (laughs) and it's just beautiful nature animation and just rain sounds and you're like okay that's that's ghibli in general is really good at those very quiet uh, it's it's a, it's a pacing thing. It gives you a quiet moment to just sit in for a bit mm-hmm. and really take in the atmosphere. And I yeah. think those Be in the movie. really yeah. work. I think yeah. I've, I've noticed that, like, all right, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. uh, but I think this is a theme that I might be starting to pick up on in Ghibli movies, is yeah. that uh, whoever is the person that is cooking the food, like, maybe that is, like, a sign that Ghibli uses to show that this person is good in the story. It's sort of like how um, yeah. when Jane Austen tells you that someone reads books a lot, <laughs> that is her way of telling you, this is a good person, this is a good character, they're <laughs> part of the hero of the story. That's really Honestly, funny. Yeah. Um, George R. R. Martin does the exact opposite, where anytime he says someone doesn't read, it's him telling you they're a fucking piece of shit. Every oh, time. yeah? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's very common. I, I, I hope in my heart that George R. R. Martin is a Jane Austen fan. He might be. All right. At some point, we have, to cons- we, we have to consume in some form Pride and Prejudice because I just want to, uh, like... I, I think just you wanna... should do the, the Kira Knightley movie. I think I that's... Just, I just want to vomit at you about Pride and Prejudice. Like, I haven't read the book or seen the movie. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Man. Yeah. Whoa, what? Yeah. Anyway, let's let's not turn this into a Jane Austen. No, it's not. All right, yeah. <laughs> Kiki's. Let's actually talk Kiki's. about let's actually talk about Kiki's because I don't yeah. think we've talked about it really much. Okay, so, so um, I'll let me go ahead and talk about it because I'm the one who's experiencing it. Yeah, uh, I really love uh, the opening and like the conceit of uh, Kiki's delivery service, where like at the beginning of the movie, it's you know he there's a girl listening to the radio and it's this beautiful like uh, Danish countryside and uh, then she, like, runs back to her mom, and, like, witches are just a thing in this world. Yeah, that's they're, literally they're one of my notes. It's, yeah. uh, witches are just a thing. Yeah, Don't they're rare, but it's, like... Nobody's phased by nobody, witches Nobody's phased by it. It's like, it's like seeing an albino person, like, oh, my God, oh, there's an albino person in my huh. apartment complex. Huh. And then you just go about your day. Yeah. That's basically how everyone reacts to, like, a witch, like, flying around or being in the city. Also, um, like, it's just, uh, her, like, leaving home at age 13 as part of this, like, ancient order to, like, go live, it really reminded me of Pokemon. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, like, I got huge Pokemon vibes because, like, that scene, the entire interaction between her and her parents, you can just take that entire dialogue and every time they say witch, just say Pokemon trainer and... (laughs) You could that could have been you know Pokemon Pearl like that could have been written as as the uh, first like part of that game. Well, she doesn't has a talking cat. 
Yeah, she's yeah, she even has a Pokemon. Yeah. Gigi. Basically. Yeah. I have a I have a toothpaste travel case with Gigi on it. Oh. I, I do. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. yeah. That was I, a thing. I think I noticed it more this time than previous times I watched it. Uh, Kiki's the only one who can understand Gigi. Right. Yeah, I didn't that's get part that. Of her magical powers. I did not get that until like a good way through the the movie where it's like why is no one reacting to this talking cat well no mm-hmm. one's reacting to a, a little girl flying on a broom so maybe they just know that you know all witches have a talking cat but it's but they're just not talking to him it's sort of like yeah. a salem in um sabrina the teenage witch yeah the thing yeah, that got me like, is there's like multiple scenes where people wink at the cat yeah like it's just a like cat, the cat. Yeah. But they're like, oh, what a cute cat. And he's Wink. he's super embarrassed. Like, yeah. he, he kind of... Well, because um, Osono's husband, right? Like, kind of mm. likes the cat, but he never... He says, like, three words, I think, the whole movie. But does he, he even have a line? Cat. Yeah, he, he has he has one line. Okay. That we And we watched it specifically. And he was like, hey, come look at this. I think that was what he said. Yeah, he just <laughs> he runs out and into the yard and goes, look over there. Oh, and yeah. That was yeah. it. That's that his one. entire dialogue. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's a pretty taciturn. <laughs> and I didn't pick up on the fact that he was uh, uh, Asono's husband until Kat specifically yeah. said it. I thought he was like just the baker boy or like the son. That's what I thought too, because he looks way younger than the. Yeah, he looks the, way younger. But hey, even if he is way younger, like good, good for her. Yeah, no, good for her. Good for well, her. Well, she also like is about to pop, so yeah. it's, it's hard to look yeah. young while he's you, beefy. You got a big belly. He's he's yeah, a beefy he is, boy. Got, yeah. Yeah. He is yeah. very beefy. Um, the other thing I was going to say is like, uh, I took some notes. Um, one of the things I really liked about this. Oh, that, okay, that snooty witch. Yeah, right. I totally thought she was going to be like an antagonist. No. But she's la- there for a scene. <laughs> and she just Ki- disappears. Yeah, Kiki goes, and like Kiki talks to her. And then like when she's gone, I've, I thought she was going to continue to be naive. And, and, and be like, oh, well, yeah. But she just goes. Oh, she was kind of a dick. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> and then and then goes on. Yeah, honestly, Kiki is like pretty self sufficient. Like she's not this damsel yeah, in distress kind part, of character. Yeah. She, so. yeah, like it starts to rain and she just like jumps onto a train and her cat's like, "Is yeah. this legal?" And she's like, "Whatever, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine." Yeah, I did. And then she and then I, and I then I totally how... ex- Sorry, go ahead. I, I totally expected like the train to like she the train was gonna stop and she was gonna be asleep and the fucking bulls were gonna come and like be mad that she like hopped the train but no she just gets off <laughs> and the cows licked her feet yeah yeah that's, right. that's the, cow, the cows no one knew she was on the train it was fine everything's fine everything's great yeah she's a witch after all yeah she's a witch it's fine yeah and i then, did um, notice like how feisty kiki is in this movie mm-hmm. um mostly towards her like love interest oh yeah like she's just kind of a dick to him for no reason for like oh, yeah, most constantly. of the movie, constantly, and it makes yeah. him all that more interested. Of course, oh yeah, no, he keeps going for well, it. Well, it's even funny because the cat's like, "Why do you even want to go to this party anyway? I thought you didn't like this guy." <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's I, like, Shh. "You know what? I actually think I might like peg that as like a a good example of like male pursuit mm-hmm. in movies because like in American movies, uh, so often you see the oh I. Uh, you will pursue me really hard and really aggressively, and I'll finally say yes to a date because oh, you I got wore, worn down. You got you wore me down. I hate that. No, but like his his pursuit is like, oh, you you seem like kind kind of a dick to me, but like 
Super cool. But kind of just give me a cold shoulder. So I'm just going to keep being nice to you and like respectful <laughs> and like not like find out where you live and go see you, but like I'll like find out where you work and just buy a thing and then like invite you to a party and you can accept or not. And like when you don't show up and stand me up, I, I'll just I'll just accept that and leave and like won't be a dick about it later. Yeah. Because well, he think, never like gets mad at her for it. Like he's just not even no, yeah. Well and I think um even when he got stood up, it's like I'm sure Osono like told Tim that Kiki was on a delivery and then once it started raining it was like, well, she probably got caught in the rain. Like probably got caught in the rain, probably decided yeah, to Yeah, because he somewhere. even was like, Heard you got sick and she was like, I'm so sorry. But yeah. yeah I think she was yeah. Also yeah, really I, I think that is a, as a positive uh, example of male pursuit. She also not... had just been yelled at the cops when she first met him, so I feel like oh, anyone yeah. would be kind of crabby, like, yeah, right yeah. after. That, like, it's like, come on, bro. That cop trying to write her a fucking ticket? <laughs> like, like, he's just he ran off so like, intense move. about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking 13-year-old witch on a broom. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't even down, know her name. No one got hurt. They yeah. didn't know her name. Nobody actually got hurt, so <laughs> it was... Uh, okay, uh, I want to talk about my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the movie is uh, the morning she wakes up in the uh, above-the-garage apartment for mm-hmm. the first time. Oh. Like, because she... Uh, I like that so much because it, it spoke to me so much on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was watching it, all I could think of is that it really, really inca- like captures uh, how you feel when you wake up in a new place for the very first time. Yeah. Uh, because she like wakes up and then like you see she's like, oh, where am I? Like you can like, there's no dialogue. She's disoriented. And then she realizes where she is again. And then she just lays there kind of like petrified for a second like eyes fully open she doesn't like pull the covers up and like try to sleep more she's like very much awake but like very much like not wanting to move and like not wanting to like make a sound and then finally she's forced to get out of bed to like go to the bathroom (laughs) and then she does go to the bathroom and she's about to walk out the door and then she hears somebody coming and then she just immediately hides again and that just spoke to me so much about how it feels to like be in a new place and like be around new people who are already comfortable in the space but you're not you just you just don't want anyone to really look at you for about 72 hours until you can also get comfortable in that space and like i've moved around like a lot in my life and i just really really connected with that scene because Every time I I like move to a new place, though that first day especially when I wake up in a new room is just like I always lay there awake, like kind of paralyzed for about five minutes until I also have to just like get up and go pee, <laughs> and I just whenever I like get up I. I always know when I feel comfortable uh, living in a new space uh, because it's the exact moment where I start walking around uh, in bare feet without like socks or sandals on or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but that's like a thing with me is that uh, I, if I'm in a new space, I will just always have like something on my feet, like socks, 
sandals, shoes, uh, and I just won't walk around in bare feet for like, like sometimes a couple months. And like, it usually happens without me thinking about it. Like I'll be sitting in my room and it'll be hot and I'll like take my socks off and then I'll like get up to go like make a sandwich in the kitchen and I'll realize I don't have any, I have like my feet are bare and I'm like, oh, I'm finally comfortable in this space. And so like, I really, really enjoyed uh, like, like Studio Ghibli's way of, of showing that without any dialogue. And I don't know if that read very well for anybody I don't know if that will read any very well for anybody else who watches the movie, mm-hmm. but that just I could really clearly see what was happening in it. Yeah, I honestly didn't pick on that too much, honestly. Oh, I, no. yeah, that was that's the scene that sticks out in my mind the most. But it's interesting, oh, and especially having to go to the bathroom like outside your bedroom because I feel like I've moved pretty much every year I've lived in Columbus, but I tend to live on my own so i'm like at least there's no one here to see me while i'm like going about my private life but um yeah super super interesting something yeah. weird i noticed on this watch through i didn't want i didn't notice it the first time i watched it um her love interest who's tombo is that mm-hmm. right yeah tombo tombo looks vaguely like her dad Oh, the glasses mm-hmm. and the he has just the lighter oh. hair. Yeah, same hair, hair oh. color, same kind of like demeanor. They both same wear glasses. Demeanor, like him, yeah. him, like his, her dad, like fumbling with the camping supplies on top of the car. Yeah, like yeah. Also, kind of being the because her mom is clearly like the. Str- I, I don't even want to say like her mom is like a powerful female character. No. Yeah, for and sure. Her dad is just like really supportive, and mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It's it's honestly like really good male like characters in the movie for sure it's not really like a lot of douchebaggery happening like i guess there are like basically only three male characters there's tombo there's the dad and there's the husband and like boy they don't like fucking say a goddamn thing do they no the women are like the stars yeah this is a very female centric well and i mean think about it like you have ursula who's like the other main influencer and then you have that old grandmother right like those are like the people who really influence her the most that grandma and the servant i to i got like super like old lesbian couple vibes <laughs> off them yeah barsa <laughs> yeah oh my god uh, well yeah god. because barsa's kind of like the she was she was like the uh the the uh the ridiculous one. I feel like she she was kind of out there playing with the broom and yeah, she was crazy. Oh she was gosh. playing with the broom for a minute, <laughs> and then so the uh, the scene where the zeppelin is like about to crash. Yeah, she's watching she's, it like, and she's so, so stoked. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's like, terrible. Yeah, Let's yeah. keep watching. <laughs> yeah, she's like really so into like danger porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's true. That might be some some lesbian couple vibes. She's really oh, into sure. that. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, what are my other... I only have a few other notes. Like, um, I thought it was... Uh, I guess, like, it's just where my headspace is in right now. Yeah. But um, there is no, like, class struggle theming to this movie at all. No. Even though, like, Kiki is definitely, like, you know, living in a tiny dusty attic on, like, an old mattress above a bakery. And then she's delivering to these, like, you know, this giant, like, old rich woman's house. And then Tombo, his family is clearly of some sort of money like going off of what his house looks like gotta be uh but like there's 
Like, no one ever is like, oh, Kiki, you mean that poor girl who lives at the bakery? It's like, oh, Kiki, that witch. But they're also not like, ooh, that witch. They're like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that witch. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, like, it, there's more of, like, I can see age struggle, because then, like, she takes the, the old rich lady's, like, casserole to the, old, like, the young rich girl. Yeah. And the girl is like, ah, fuck this casserole. Fuck my grandma. Fuck that little girl. Yeah, oh, she fuck was her such... mom. Her grandma tried so hard. Yeah. And she didn't give a I fuck. hate her stupid pie. Ah, that pissed yeah, me it's off. Like being that grateful. made me so mad. Well, I, I think, too, the fact there, w- there was an interesting dynamic there with, like, that delivery is what made her late to her party, but she's delivering this pie to a girl who actually gets to be at a party. Mm-hmm. And that girl doesn't even care about the uh, delivery. About the, yeah. yeah. And then Kiki gets, like, sick and caught in the rain. And I wouldn't say that's, like, a class struggle per se, no, but no, a little yeah. bit. Like, I mean, that's, Kiki was, you yeah. know. I don't think that's, that's an example really. of class struggle. That's an example of, like, like a good person versus asshole. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. she was just, yeah. but it, And then, like, she didn't actually yeah. get to go but to there, her party. Yeah, but there, but there is no there is no theme to read into that because it's like, yeah, Kiki is the good person and she is uh, clearly of lesser means. Mm-hmm. But then, like... The rich girl also isn't like they're like all the rich like the old rich lady is good. Yeah. And then like Tombo is also like at least super sweet. Like, yeah, super sweet. Well, and even Kiki, like, once she kind of takes off her business, like you don't get any sense that she is really struggling for her needs. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean she makes the pancake joke. Which is funny because that actually I've I mentioned this to Adam, <laughs> but I said I always thought of Kiki in college because senior year especially I was super broke due to m- multiple circumstances. But I was working like four different jobs and um, I was eating like Costco pancake mix all the time, like because it was there. We had what we called the free food shelf in our house. I had like seven roommates. Oh yeah, she were... also lived in like basically a ghost house in in oh, that's yeah. hilarious. And but it... It, like the girl version of ghost house because she had she was one of seven people living in the house. I'm sure eight. that was way better. There were eight, seven, there oh, were eight girls. Seven room... It was eight oh, girls in one house. Whoa, uh, yeah. hold on. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was a lot. <laughs> But um, we had what we called the free food shelf, and anyone would just put non-perishables that they didn't want on there. Yeah. So I started, like, living off of that. But really, the only thing was this giant bag of, like, Costco-sized Kirkland's pancake mix. And, yeah, I would I, I tried lots of things with it. Like, I think I made, um, like, cheddar cheese pancakes one night because huh. there was, like, some shredded cheese in the fridge. But, yeah, I, I would eat a lot. <laughs> always think of kiki because she's like i'm gonna have to eat pancakes and get fat and i'm like yeah that was definitely me well i didn't get fat because if that's all you're eating twice a day yeah if you're only eating pancakes and then you're walking around to class yeah it's it's really like i don't i don't eat sugar because like i don't i don't want to get fat but like if i was a marathon runner and like i did that professionally like that Again, that goo that they eat is you would just, kind of need to eat is sugar. just like gelatin and sugar. Yeah. But they're like they look like they're emaciated because they're running fifty miles every every week. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I had a couple of just like random notes that I'm gonna put out there. Um, mostly, let's see here. This was made in 1989. And know, it right? looks yeah. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, so Studio, good. Studio Ghibli just, like, 
Slate Art Man. What Disney movies came out in 1989? Like, they didn't look this good. I was saying, like, The Little Mermaid was around that time, right? Like, Little Mermaid was... Like, Little Mermaid, like, Aladdin, I know, came out after this, and, like... Aladdin doesn't look this good. No, No, it doesn't. Not even fucking close. Not even close. It's that Japanese perfection, you know? Yeah, Studio Ghibli was just, like, flexing. This is beautiful in every fucking frame, and then even more beautiful when they mean it. Like, yeah, when they're like, really like trying. every every frame is a painting, and then every once in a while they'll just go, "Hey, look at this," <laughs> and then they'll just show you like when oh oh the scene where she's like flying up mm-hmm. and just up and up and up for no reason. There's just like this good pause of just like the oh. cityscape and like her above it, and it's just like whoa, that's <laughs> really pretty. Oh, and then uh, the scene where she's about to get off the train and she like looks across the ocean and sees the city like out on the like peninsula yeah like they like just wanted to show that at you and be like look how pretty this is <laughs> so fucking pretty and then um they had there's multiple scenes where the weatherman is talking in background about the weather in general mm-hmm. um that is for sure just foreshadowing for later in the movie when the weather or the wind is the actual like antagonist for the third act oh yeah oh because earlier because mm-hmm. she hears it on her radio right yeah is that what she's listening to yeah, i yeah. didn't even really like some strong winds coming in i didn't even think yeah. about that it, it happens like three or four times throughout the entire movie yeah. where you'll hear in the background either on the tv or on her radio where it's just the weatherman just talking about What's going on with the weather? And almost every time it's like, oh, hey, there's a weird front coming in. Okay. And at the end, there's a huge, like, windstorm that comes in and causes the Zeppelin mm-hmm. to go all crazy. Right. I guess it was, um, I hadn't thought about the wind being, like, the only antagonist she actually has in the movie, yeah. but it really is. Like, it, she, yeah. it's it, just, like, her fighting her own depression and the forces of nature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's how I like to think about this movie, is that the wind is the real antagonist in general. That's so funny. Other than, like, yeah. you know, her own personal struggles of, like, trying right. to, you know, be there's better. There's, like, like, what's, like, the, the Ur storylines. There's only, like, three role conflicts. It's it's man versus nature, man versus himself, and man versus man. And there, there's no man versus man in this. No. Uh, and it's, it's no. just all, like, Kiki versus Kiki and Kiki versus nature. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I guess nature is what kicked her out of, like, the fight with herself and then... She, I feel like she had an easier time, <laughs> like fight, fighting the yeah. the wind after yeah, she was yeah. like, you know what, this is more important. Yeah, it's kind of like Independence Day, where like uh, everyone unites around the world to fight these aliens, and so like yeah, like if there's an outside threat like the wind, she has to you know just grab a push broom and figure out how to fly it. <laughs> Oh, and then we noticed she just kept the push broom in the end credits. Oh, yeah, the she, end credit. She just keeps the push broom. Might as well. And, and just, one. like, starts doing, like, fucking, like, backflips on it. Because it's like, oh, okay. That she never can't be comfortable. She never needed the broom to begin with. It was all inside of her. That's yeah, yeah. right. Oh, man. I really, really enjoyed the scene where Tombo is on the fucking propeller bike. Oh, yeah. And, like, she, like, makes them fly over the cars yeah and uh like it, it even in the even in the film they're like he's like did were you the was your magic the reason why we like flew a little bit there because we didn't have wings and she's like i don't know but <laughs> i really I know, liked man. 
I really like to think that that is true. And I was, I really thought that that was setting up for like at the end, they would make some sort of like bike propeller wing her magic hybrid. Cause like you can't actually do that in real life. You can't just like, you know, pedal like there's, you can't just pedal. You can't just pedal a plane. Uh, so I thought that like she would help make like a man propelled like airplane thing, but like no. Well, you know when you think about it, um, in in that bike scene, she was having a great time. She was having a lot of fun, and that's why the bike flew. Whereas when she was like unhappy, I think that was interesting. That was like her last flicker of feeling like really mm. happy before she kind of got down in the dumps about not being stylish and not fitting in with all these kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah Is that why she was mad? Stylish. I didn't get that. I like, think she was. I think she saw... Well, also, there was that girl from the party. I feel like there's just those subtle reminders uh, of, like, body image yeah. <laughs> as a teenager for a girl. And she was, like, feeling it because all those other girls have money and cute clothes and are, like, yeah. hanging out. And she's very sense. clearly, like, not one of them. I mean, they invited her along, but she just looks different because of her attire and... Everybody she knows a she's witch. a witch. Yeah, it's not like they're mean about sense. it, but they know. Yeah, she they're is not. One. They're not mean, or she doesn't perceive them being mean to her because she's a witch. She perceives them being mean to her because she is in this like frumpy black dress. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I never really thought about that. I guess it just seemed like her being upset came out of nowhere. Oh no! Like in yeah. uh, when that like beat up jalopy rolls up. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of the the girl in the passenger seat specifically says, "Oh, that girl delivered a casserole to my house the other day." Oh fuck! You're right. Yeah, yeah I didn't even notice that. Yeah, she specifically got all shitty and mean towards Tombo and his friends because she saw the like asshole girl. That makes way more that's, sense. That's why she storms off. That asshole rich girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck her. But also an asshole rich girl who's rolling around with these all these kids who are in this like beat up jalopy which is to say there really is no class theming in this movie <laughs> yeah that's fair which it's, it that's fine and not everything has to be like a marxist text <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> it okay, can be if you wanted to adam yeah it could be, it be if you to. Uh, the one other thing i wanted to note is that um i i don't live under a rock so i know i knew of kiki's delivery service and i had seen like memes and sh- just shit on the internet about it yeah and i was so surprised that um I never, we never saw in the movie, like, Kiki get good at being a delivery girl. And there was never, Mm. I kept waiting for, like, after her first delivery of the cat toy, I kept waiting for, like, some sort of, like, time transition where, like, a tree would fly in front of the camera and then you would suddenly see the city again, except all the leaves would be, like, orange and brown and you would know that time had passed and then Kiki would like you would see like uh like a two minute scene of Kiki like zipping or zipping to a house real fast because she's really good at her delivery job now. You kind of get that because like a guy shows up and she like walks his package over and puts it on the scale and it's like oh she must have gotten a scale at some point and yeah. figured out like a pricing system. But I'm pretty sure this entire movie takes place over the course of like like one or two months yeah yeah it's a pretty short theme yeah because it's more like her getting started right because she's supposed to be away for a whole year so um yeah i think yeah i the theme of this movie is not really like her actually getting delivery service it's her becoming a witch which is more of a metaphor for adulthood like 
Right. Going like, off on your she's own. She's going through adolescence <laughs> as yeah. a witch. Oh, yeah. And I think that, I think it's more real realistic that way because, of course, you're not going to be, like, perfect at your skill when you're 13 years no. old. Like, <laughs> who is? <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. And you're not going to be, like, socially epped <laughs> at guess, the age of 13. <laughs> I guess there might be some sort of, like, uh if this maybe this might be a theme where like at the beginning of the movie like her dad like picks her up and like literally cradles cradles her like a like a like, like a baby yeah but then by the end of the movie she's like like grabbing a guy who's falling out of the air and shit exactly yeah it, it's all about maturity like growing up becoming an adult that's the whole theme of this movie like for sure going off on your own like developing your own skills separate from your parents not needing to rely on them and you know Mm -hmm. really striking off on your own it's also so strange to think about a world where your parents are like okay yeah just leave home for a year at the age of 13 good luck yeah that's that's just such a bizarre you know what in in this world like it's normal though it's everything is a little bit magic because people can just build a bike and fly around yeah yes and so like every like i like to think that uh this is a theme that i keep i keep coming back to like in every movie that i watch is like if it's a fiction story you just have to accept that in like like disney movies everything is just a little bit magic in ghibli movies Everything is just a little bit magic. Even though there's like a explicitly magic kiki, everything else is also just like the background radiation level of that universe is a little bit more magic than ours. Yeah. So like, yeah, it is generally safe for a 13-year-old to like wander off into the world. Like the only thing that could like hurt her is like a tiger or lightning. <laughs> Which luckily those don't seem to exist. Well, lightning, yeah, yes. Yeah. But... Well, or the wind. Yeah. Or the wind. The wind, yeah. the antagonist. The wind could be an yeah. sure. But even if you fall like a hundred feet out of the air, you'll land in some trees and you'll just be like, oh, ow. <laughs> like, yeah, no scratches. Yeah. Nothing. Not even a little bit. I do oh. really like, they just have a Zeppelin in this for no fucking reason. It <laughs> just needed to be a Zeppelin. Why there? Like, we don't even know why, who, no. who was flying this. What was its purpose? It could have been a plane, but it's a Zeppelin. Yeah. It's, it's a Zeppelin. Zeppelin. It's just well, a you Zeppelin. know, I feel like the Zeppelin created a much better crash scene while it deflated. They must have, like, wanted I will that. agree with that. I think, cin- yeah. like, cinematically, a Zeppelin makes more sense. Oh, but, I like, also... Like, I think it's more of a... It's more of an attraction. I think that's why people were excited about it. It's yeah. kind of, uh, like, an fair. unusual thing, maybe. S- speaking of the Zeppelin, I thought it was funny how um, they go out of their way, like, multiple multiple times in the dialogue to call out the fact that the zeppelin is lifted by helium mm-hmm. instead of hydrogen so that's why it's not on fire uh, and it's like they it's really like oh no the helium powered zeppelin has is blowing away in the wind oh gosh you the helium s- is leaking the helium is leaking out of the <laughs> zeppelin if it doesn't have enough helium it won't be able to float anymore <laughs> Uh, oh, also, I noticed, um, uh, the only reason I know this is because Kat said this, mm-hmm. um, there's, uh, like, the very end scene just before the credits roll, where Kiki and Tombo are standing in the crowd, and everyone's cheering because they're not dead, and, uh, and Gigi runs back up, and, like, jumps back on Kiki's shoulders, and she's like, oh, hey, Gigi, good, good, and, um, when he's pushing his way through the crowd, in the original English translation, 
he's yelling like, Kiki, Kiki, oh, Kiki, are you okay? Like, we hear his voice one yeah, last time. Yeah, you hear his voice again. After she saves yeah. Tombo. But in the uh, translation that we watched on HBO, which I guess is more modern. No, no, that's the same one. I think I, it was still there. I only ever noticed it when, because um, it's the same voiceover, but I only ever noticed it like on the VHS with the captions because the crowd's being pretty loud. So you don't hear him as clearly, but he's like, Kiki. And I was like, oh, oh, he spoke. And it took me a few times, I think, to notice that. But he, but he, I think he just says it once, like, Kiki? And I was like, oh, yay, <laughs> she can hear him again. Yeah, but, like, her, her reaction to the cat is very much so of, like, oh, everything's right in the world. My magic has returned. Yeah. Which I think in the Japanese, if I had watched, like, if I had watched a dub, or, or if I had watched a, a subtitle version of it, mm-hmm. uh, it would, like, it would have clearly shown, like, like the dialogue box would have been like cat speaking in human voice, Kiki Kiki, instead of just like cat speaking in cat voice, meow meow. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like her reaction is definitely like, oh, I can hear your voice again. Pretty excited about that. Makes sense. Also, I think that her being magic makes the cat sentient because when she is not magic. He doesn't he, hang around as he much. He acts way more like a cat. Hmm. And, like, into the point where they're just being like, meow, like, running away, being aloof, yeah. being a cat. Being Even a when cat. she's talking, like, the like as she talked to him and, like, he didn't understand and he was still, like, sentient, he would be like, whoa, shit, what's going on? This is weird. But instead he just, like, looks at her and then, like, walks away like a cat would. Yeah, he's not trying to communicate. Yeah, yeah. But that's also, I think, why he immediately runs up to her at the end. Because you see, like, ever since she lost her powers, he hasn't been really around at all. Yeah. And then he's, like, somehow made it magically all the way across all the way town. Into the city. And knew exactly where she was. Yeah. So I think her magic, like, clearly it's supposed to be, like, some sort of version of, like, a witch's familiar. Yeah. Because, like, the other yeah. girl had a cat. But, like, I think, like, her being magic, like, kind of makes him sentient. <laughs> And makes him, uh, yeah, it's a magnetic almost. He knows where she is. <laughs> but yeah. he keeps his cat girlfriend. He, he, he keeps yeah, the he cat keeps, girlfriend. Yeah, he keeps the cat girlfriend. And they have some it's cat babies. Cat. They did have some cat babies. Yeah. And also, the cat babies are uh, like either black and like look like him or like white and look that's, like the cat girlfriend. That's every animated movie, though. Have that's you noticed not, that? Yeah, that's not how like that works, though. They would be like, you know, like slightly shorter haired like gray cats. Yeah, it's... That, every every animated film I've seen, anytime there's two animals that look completely different, like, even, did any of you, uh, you know, like, Lady and the Tramp, right? Yeah. It's like a cocker spaniel and a mutt, and you're like, you know their puppies don't look like that. They didn't have three cocker spaniels and then one mutt. Like, no, yeah, they would just have, like, three mutts of varying shapes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they, it was, yeah, that seems to be a yeah. theme. Wow. You're like, oh, this is how this works, Okay. How did how did you feel about watching this like again, Logan? I know you said that this is like you probably you don't generally like lean towards the slice of life kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, I so. don't. I I definitely enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a relaxing, happy, happy feel good kind of movie. I would say that. Um, I definitely like the more plot focused stuff, and this does not have a plot. Just, it, it really doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> it really does not. It, it's yeah. It there just isn't one. Um, because that's why Princess Mononoke and Houseman Castle I think work for me a little better. Because even Houseman Castle, the plot is vague, 
mm-hmm. but it's more there than this. Well, sense. I don't know too if you've read the it, Howl's Moving Castle is actually based on a British novel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that one. Yeah. I Wait, like have it. you read the original British novel? Yeah. Oh, oh shit! Well, neither nice. of us did. Now we had. Oh, it's really good. Um, yeah. Well, because I saw the movie and then I was like, oh, this is this is based on a book, so I, I read it. Um, but it kind of ties back to everything being a little magical because Sophie actually has magic powers in the original book, oh. but they're not obvious. It's mm-hmm. simply that any hat that she makes kind of has a life breathed into it not as in like the hat speaks but like she kind of makes up stories about what the hat will do as she makes them and then whoever buys the hat ends up like fulfilling Fulfilling whatever she said the hat would do oh she's more like a like a fortune teller of the hat well she kind of creates the future of the hat yeah and then whoever buys the hat ends up like living up to does that does she future. create the future or does she uh, fortune tell or does she, she might see fortune tell we, we're is not it, really clear about it yeah is it a it's just like she breathes prophecy. life into the yeah it could just be that she sees what the hat will do but yeah. that's just something that's like understood that so she does. i know that like ghibli a lot of like ghibli's movies because like, even i see here is that um like I'm reading on the Wikipedia article, and it was uh, adapted from a uh, 1985 novel. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's but, actually a Japanese novel. Yeah, it was a Japanese mm-hmm. novel. But I really feel like Ghibli like reads things and consumes media and goes, "That's a cool idea. I'm gonna take this one part of the idea, or like mm-hmm. these few parts of the idea, but then I'm gonna change all the rest of it." Because mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, because I want I want I have a story that I already want to tell. And I'm just going to use this as like a, a lens through which to tell the story I already want to tell. Well, it's super loosely inspired. Yeah, like, I think all of his based on and ins- and based on shit is, is just... truly, but very loosely. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like um, all of Quentin Tarantino's movies are actually just inspired by other like movies. Yeah. But he doesn't like credit them. But Ghibli not only says, doesn't just say inspired by, he like goes out of his way to like get the rights to the name and then like oh it's sort of like okay if if you've ever read the uh, graphic novel um uh fucking what's it uh, assassins or like um it's it's the one where like they curve the fucking bullets and angelina oh, jolie um, is in it god damn it yeah it's it's like uh, like killers or or something or assassins no. And, like, it was a fucking, some action movie from, like, the, the late aughts where, like, Angelina Jolie and the guy who would go on to play Professor X, like, curve bullets and assassinate people. Interesting. Uh, well, there, it's based on, it's, quote unquote, based on a graphic novel. And, Do they uh, not credit it? Oh, no, 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 they credit it. And the na- they name it after that. And, like, there was a special release of the graphic novel saying, like, now a major motion picture. Um, the plots are... Wanted. Uh, wanted, yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> plots are um, completely different. like fully different. Yeah. Huh. The, the only thing that is in any way the same is that uh, the main character is the son of someone who was in this secret order. Mm-hmm. And then he gets upset and uh, mm-hmm. leaves his office job in a huff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That is... That is the, the full parallel? extent, yeah, that is yeah. the only parallel, but they huh. still went out and got it. And I think that Ghibli kind of, like, takes that in the same vein of, like, yeah, yeah, I'll make a Howl's Moving Castle uh, movie, but it's going to be 
Very different. Very different, but like yeah. very like you would if I just if he had just made that and called it like Kevin's Moving Castle, like the original author would be like, "Hey, hey, that's rude." Yeah, and so instead he just goes out and gets the property rights to like this like indie British novel that like no mm-hmm. one was going to make a movie about to begin with. Well, and yeah. it's similar enough, but it's also I feel like Ghibli gets so creative that it it just gets very yeah. <laughs> very interesting very quickly. Yeah, but yeah Miyazaki I think the does other... a really good job at putting his own voice into whatever he's doing, no matter oh, what. Oh yeah, well, and I think yeah. even with Howl, um, like in the in the book, the castle was already very clean. Mm. Um, Howl's like pretty upfront about knowing that Sophie's enchanted the whole time. There's not really huh. that whole inner like turning into a beast turmoil. I don't even think there's a war. I think they're just having various like adventures with different people that Howell has been an asshole to <laughs> basically <laughs> and like there's a sequel to it called Castle in the Air and Castle in the Sky is not based on Castle in the Air but it is kind of funny that Ghibli also made another movie that has a similar name yeah. but Castle in the Air is just a sequel where like Howell and Sophie are um Flying around the world fucking? No, actually. They, <laughs> yeah. they're mar- they, they show up later, but it actually has a completely different, like, new characters oh, who cast? end up meeting them later. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like, it's, I think she wanted, like, an Arabian Nights theme, so there's, like, a guy who finds a magic carpet, and, like, yeah, yeah that one's a little bit more, like, Arabian Nights inspired, but it, it was still enjoyable. Well, all right, before we get entirely off of the theme of, like, the topic of Kiki's liver service, I have one last uh, pithy note, Uh, and that is that, um, yeah, she's right to feel uh, embarrassed and shitty about her uh, dress, because that has to smell so bad, (laughs) because that is the only pair of clothes she owns. I'm sorry, do you not see how she hangs out her underwear and her dress every night? I know, but if you're... But, but if you are still only wearing one pair of clothes for a month... Now, it, hey, now, oh. Tombo also wears the same outfit, and so does Osono. All animated characters wear the same outfits all the time. I've never heard you yeah, shit on a, that. That's a fair point. At least you know Kiki washed hers. Kiki like, washed saw her, okay. but also, if she's magic, she probably yeah. doesn't stink. All right, well, I will say that at least we, uh, <laughs> like with Osono and like the husband... We can like pretend like they have the Doug Funny syndrome going on, in which case they have just like nine copies of the same outfit. <laughs> but we know that Kiki only owns those clothes. But I mean, think about it: all the Disney princesses always wear the same thing. Yeah, but those True. plots all take place in the course of like one week. This is like clearly over at a least while. one month. Well, you know what? It's a uh, magical witch dress. I don't think it, it yeah. smells bad. You know? Okay. I don't know. Maybe I feel like doesn't. this whole movie could have definitely taken place in like a week. It could have. It's pretty tight. I think it was... You know what? Yeah, like like two weeks is like the minimum I would say it would yeah. take place in because she had to get that scale. I That's think fair. it was several weeks. I think it was probably like a yeah. month. I would like, give it like a month. Like I would say four weeks, like That's... five weeks at most. Like I mean, two weeks at minimum. Also fair, like we don't really have a sense of time in the movie. Hmm at no. all like well, we did, i bet we there's know, some clues though we know that it takes place at at the very most it takes place over the course of one summer right yeah and it's probably like uh like a portion of that summer because she leaves in summer and then like the old lady's like oh this time of summer uh the wind these winds always come here yeah yeah 
So it's well, at, and then at, there was like yeah. Tombo invited her to that party, so we know that was like a few days, but then or like the next day, but then. Mm. I feel like there had to have been some, like, oh, when the dirigible is taking off context. I feel like wasn't yeah. that announced of, like, oh, that'll be, like, in a week. So, yeah. I feel like... So, it, it like, is it is a short time frame. It well, is... but she also stayed at Ursula's for quite a while. Like, yeah. she stayed for, what, like, almost a week there. Yeah. Also, Ursula is just, like, this random... I feel like I always oh, kind of oh, forget about trick? her. Yeah. Oh, I feel like she stayed for, like, one night. Oh, really? Because yeah. she offered. She's like, why don't you come and stay with me for a few days? No. Okay. I feel but like... I also don't, they didn't show it. They kind of no. just showed the like big sister, little sister kind of vibe. But I yeah. also usually forget about Ursula because like, I don't, I wouldn't say forget, but then when she shows up, I'm like, oh yeah, this chick. Like, oh yeah. No, I actually totally forgot about that whole subplot. Yeah. Um, Cause she's just this like kind of rebellious artist mm-hmm. chick who lives in the woods. Yeah. She's like the hermit hippie, of the hippie artist chick who lives in the woods. Yeah. Which I'm super into. Um, no, that was actually <laughs> one of the notes I had is that this movie, like, it doesn't even feel like it's trying to, like, trying to go for it directly, but it's passes the Bechdel test, like, hard. Oh, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, you're right. There's so many scenes, like, there's the scenes between Kiki and her mom where yeah. they don't talk about anyone other than what they're doing. And then there's yeah. Kiki and the uh, the bakery mom, mm-hmm. and they that's all they talk about is what Kiki's trying to do. They don't even talk about the husband. No, no, they don't even say him by like, name. Doesn't he? Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a name. He's just. And then we you've don't got, even know. You got yeah. Kiki yeah. and the old grandma who's making the pie, and they don't talk about anything that's not what's going on right there, or yeah. delivering that. And you've got Kiki and Ursula, the artist chick. They just, they just, they're just friends. And they, yeah. And Kiki doesn't once even bring up Tombo to her, not even once. No, that's true. And they're just hanging out, and they're mm-hmm. enjoying I'm each also, other's friendship. Like, it kind of ties back to like I feel like all these women. I mean, I was saying there were like strong female characters, but they also seem to just all be the main source of income in the household. Yeah. Like Ursula clearly just has herself, but then it's like it's clearly osono's bakery like oh, kiki's sure. got her own kind of business going and then her like, mom is the one who like sells medicine and stuff i like don't think we even find out yeah, what the dad yeah. does i mean he clearly has an office job he has a car yeah, he's, he's wearing some sort of suit he yeah, has a car he, has a car. he was like he's an office drone he's not cool <laughs> no. yeah yeah that's kind of the vibe i got is that the mom stays home and does whatever the fuck she wants and the dad's just like i guess i'll work in an office because extra money yeah, and yeah. you know everyone's like paying for rheumatism medicine from from the mom. I <laughs> yeah, because <guess. I> <laughs> she's kind of got yeah. that like Professor Sprout from Harry Potter uh, like greenhouse yeah. going on. And whenever she like gets too excited, she always burns her potion. Remember that she like yeah, explodes. Yeah, and, and it, sh- it shatters and turns. <gasps> yeah, back. it's like they're directly it's related like, oh to her God. emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that's oh, uh, that's yeah, that is funny. Like it's not just chemistry it's like she also has to like magic it up and so when she gets too excited like the potion just explodes <laughs> no, yeah. matter, no matter what she's making yeah but no i i feel like this is a really good example of when a male artist can do really good female stories without like i don't know fucking it up i guess or trying too hard it. Yeah, yeah or, or trying to because it doesn't it doesn't ever comes off like try hard it just feels no. natural well, that's the whole thing, too, because, like, that, you know, the whole, yeah. like, witches just being kind of a normal part of society mm-hmm. and, like, nobody's weirded out that women are 
running businesses and yeah i mean yeah i, I feel like there's there's actually like very minimal boy presence at all because like even like the people who pay her for deliveries were all, all women i think yeah right? actually i don't know if this passes the bechtel test in reverse no i don't think it does i don't think i don't think it does is there a scene where a man talks to another man i don't think anything? there's I don't think there's a scene where a man so. talks to a man about, like, any... No, okay, wait, no, no, it does. The scene where the blimp is, like, up, like, on its side, the captain yells down to Tombo, like, hold on to the rope real good, and Tombo goes, okay. Oh, and then they <laughs> yell at the clock tower guy, and that guy goes, hold on, son, or whatever. I guess they interacted. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, how about that guy that she took the push broom from who was like the classic, you can't have that, that's my broom. And then later he's like, that's my that, broom. That was my broom, that's my broom she used, check that out. <laughs> and then she doesn't give it back because she's a fucking thief. She's like, actually my broom now, sorry. My broom now, it's really, it's She saved lives with that broom. Yeah. She what else was it going to do? Yeah. Come on. Also, that broom, the push broom, has to be hella uncomfortable to fly on because like she was sitting on like the big bushy bristles of the other brooms. But she's just fucking sitting straight up on the stick of that push broom. It's like, ah, it can't be. She should make a broom saddle. Yeah. <laughs> broom saddle. That is one thing it's I excellent. did like in the Harry Potter movies is that they show that there's like literally like bike saddles on the brooms. Because it's like, yeah, in like in like foot pegs. Because like, yeah, that'd be really fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, you're like, how do you ride these? That's so Like, strange. especially like your, your balls are just like all up on that broom. <laughs> yeah, ouch. <laughs> all right, so... We should uh, make a drink based on this on this movie. Yeah, we should do that. We should do that. You know, I had a thought, uh, mostly just because of the um, bakery part. Yeah. But um, you know the Biscoff cookies, like they give you on airplanes. Mm-hmm. I just want that to be on the rim of the glass. Ooh. Oh, just <laughs> like, like crushed the up, just like crushed up, and you like rim like, it like with rim like it Biscoff in some cookie. sort of in some sort of cookie okay. or like. <laughs> so hear me out on this. Okay. Um, a while ago, I was trying to make a cocktail that I topped with beer. Oh, really? And I did it okay. with a stout because I had we had the bourbon counting set on draft, and we were not selling it because yeah. it was becoming like not winter, and nobody yeah. wants to fucking buy that shit if it's not winter or like at least fall. So I was like topping my cocktail with that, and it's a really like dense like desserty stout. Okay. And I was trying to make like a like a chocolatey cocktail out of it with a top yeah. of was it good? that to give it like some kind of effervescence mm-hmm. and like kind of lower the ABV a little bit. Hmm. What did you think of it? Like, what did you think of the finished result? Uh, the issues I was having is that if you mix any amount of dairy into it, it um, curdles. Right. Yeah. That's where I feel like... So it needs to be no used... dairy whatsoever. Okay. Because I feel like I've used like the dairy alternatives, like coconut milk and stuff, but that even gets a little funky after yeah. too long. So there was a beer-topped cocktail that we ran at Mouton for a couple weeks in winter because we had this like berry goza that mm. accidentally stayed on tap into winter. And so we just had... To... It was good, but it was winter. So we started like topping cocktails with it and that worked really well like the cocktail we made with it tasted good and it was like bright and fruity but it was 
it was a beer, but it was a it was a goza, so it was it was definitely not bread flavored. It was definitely like fruit flavored. Wait. Oh, sorry. But so I think you could probably we could do like going with like, you know, bread, mm-hmm. beer, yeah, whiskey. I was just saying. Well, see, uh, I think thinking. Beer is just bread water. It is bread water. But think about this. Okay, what if we did something like a pancake drink because mm-hmm. of the pancakes? Because, you know, there is that, like, Irish breakfast shot, but what if we just classied it up and turned it into a cocktail? We were talking earlier. Yeah, we were talking earlier about, like, butter washing something and, like... Yeah, Yeah. we could make some sort of fucking old-fashioned where we take a spirit and we butter wash it, and then we use, like, a maple syrup simple. simple. I, I don't know, though. It would be really funny to, like, bring that herring pumpkin pie in some... (laughs) even know like oh shit maybe we should like, make it a drink oh, entirely based on a uh, fish pumpkin pie well you know what actually i've always thought um you know like the bonito flakes like the katsuobushi um like smoked tuna oh yeah, yeah. bonito like yeah. yeah but they it gets soggy so you have to like make sure it's like a garnish and it's not like getting soggy yeah. that could be like the herring part that would that'd be have, so it would, strange. It would have to be like a salty, savory. But then if it's a pie, I bet that Biscoff rim would not be bad. <laughs> like a you crust. Got salty fishy with Biscoff? I don't know. That that would not be good mm-hmm. though. This isn't. This would not be a tasty drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm thinking like some like a like a pie herring pumpkin thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I we do have the. Um, like if you sous vide booze with like squat like butternut squash or pumpkin, it's really good. And I think that is one of the drinks we have in our collection. Oh, do you already have a pumpkin sous vide? Yeah. I was gonna say that is, is really it? really good. What was it? I, I, th- I thought I. Oh no. Are you no? thinking of our pump our pie party drink? I'm thinking of the pie party drink. Yeah, no, that's yeah, not yeah. In we here. don't have. We should totally use that technique. Okay, so um, if you it's take super a, good. if you take a butternut squash. Mm. Like a whole butternut squash. Or pumpkin, if it's in season. Or pumpkin, if it's in season. And you sous vide that into a vodka or just any, like, clear booze. Mm. It tastes, like, just, like, big chunks. Like, roughly chopped big chunks. Throw it in the sous vide at, like, like 138 for, like, four hours. Uh, it tastes really, really good. It's delicious. And, like, throw some spices in. It'll be, like, a pumpkin yeah, pie. Yeah, like, in the drink that we, uh, that we made with it, it was... Like, we chopped up a butternut squash, and we threw a stick of cinnamon and five cloves into the bag. And uh, it's really, really good. <laughs> well, and I think it, we had, like, a bourbon barrel-aged syrup, because mm-hmm. that that actually tastes really good with the pumpkin, and that could be a fun way to, like, bring the pancake element yeah. in. Yeah, I'm into then... that. So, like, pumpkin... All right, but then we want, like, something... It, ha- it can't be, like, as sweet as, like, the Halloween, like... What if uh, we put some salt in the cocktail? I think that would like, be tasty. Like, literally, like, a couple drops of saline. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. another thing I was thinking is, like, um, you could infuse a pumpkin or butternut squash, like, squash into a liquor. And then there can also be a sherry in there. Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't know why, just, like, something to, like change it up make it slightly different than like a drink i already have but but we could also use like a because like if we were doing pancakes we would want like a maple syrup syrup yeah 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 just what i was thinking maple syrup simple um but 
since we're not doing a pancake, we're doing it based on a pie. We want it to be like savory, savory, savory. So like a sherry. Well, but it could be sweet. You never know. Like yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like I mean, like we don't know what this pie tastes. We don't like. have to base yeah, like, it I, just I on the pie. We could also yeah. Base I was it thinking the maple would be great if you have a pie as an aspect. And the yeah. pie. Because I'm thinking the bakery is a very important part of this entire movie. It is. Yeah, we absolutely need to nod to that. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's not bad, though. My thing is... Yeah, maybe we can leave the herring out of it. I don't know about the herring. I think the herring is just not going to... No. That's so so difficult to make work in anything. I'm trying to think... um... Because like any kind of fishy elements? dessert, I don't not know. really. I I feel like some gourmet chefs do that, and it never turns out. No. Like if there's salmon make, ice cream and stuff like if, that. If you were gonna make any sort of drink that incorporated fish in any concept, it would have to be a shot, and it would have to be sort of like a dare shot. I think yeah. it's actually good with like a Bloody Mary. Like I think that katsuoboshi would be good yeah, in like yeah, a Bloody yeah, Mary. Yeah, like okay, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. So what if? We have our dessert cocktail mm-hmm. with a herring shot chaser. <laughs> like, would you take like canned herring and then like crack it It'd open like and a... like pour the liquid in? I don't it even be know. Like a fish I don't know how that. Back. I don't know how that works. This is my idea. Okay, hold on. Cat just said something interesting. What Sorry. about a fish juice pickleback? Like, like okay, mm. maybe not fish juice, but there is stuff called like fish sauce. Yeah, that like is is featured in a lot of Japanese cuisine. So maybe you could just take you know a shot glass of water, like just like shake a couple dashes of fish sauce into a shot glass, mm. and then like fill it up with water, and that would be your like really salty, savory pickleback mm. on this drink. Honestly, I don't know if that would be bad because I feel like if we have a really sweet, sweet, like cocktail, a nice savory pickleback would balance all that out. Like kind of. And fish pull out. sauce isn't too bad because it's like it's it's fishy, but it's like still a little sweet. Hmm. Like it's a sauce, right? Yeah, it's, yeah not, it's a sauce. So it wouldn't be. It would just be a really weird, funky combo. But so maybe pic- we would. But have it's some almost sort of like like, um, like a palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we would just have literally like a an a booze, like a liquor that was uh, sous vide with like pumpkin and then also maybe like uh, like fat washed with butter. Yeah. To be like, you know, bakery, pie. And so you just take a shot of that and then you follow that shot up with the fish sauce back. So we're doing pumpkin and then a fish sauce back. Yeah. Oh. And you know what? It's it's Kiki's delivery service, which means it's speedy, on time, and efficient. <laughs> well, she can fly. So uh-huh. like, if you want, like, this is just like, boom, boom, those two shots done. She's also called an egg thief, so we could we could incorporate. I feel like a lot of your cocktails have eggs in them already. A lot though. of our cocktails do have eggs because yeah. it's a good way to incorporate weird shit. I'm it kind is. of like, uh... I don't know. I still like. I feel like this movie doesn't feel like two shots it doesn't it's it does not, two not shots. feel like two shots i think I the like... coming of age of a young witch has to be more yeah i actually made I like... a drink based on this movie for that kaya whiskey oh yeah actually go ahead and just walk us through that drink that you made yeah i mean it was just whiskey and like plum liqueur mm. and um 
A rice wine vinegar. Oh, yeah. I used, like, a white rice wine shrub. Like, I just made Ooh. a shrub out of rice wine vinegar, which is kind of good. And that then um, good. I just had, like, fee foam, which is just a yeah. an, an egg-free yeah foam. Um, and it looks really pretty. And it's purple. I kind of just wanted it to look like her dress, honestly. Makes and sense. also use whiskey. But, yeah, it was, it was, it was cute. Yeah. I feel... I don't know. I like the idea of like a desserty bakery esque cocktail, and then I I do like the idea of like that like herring pickleback almost. There's a really good, good. Um, Canadian liqueur. It's like a whiskey liqueur yeah. called Sortilège. I don't know if you've heard of it, mm. but like no. it beats any like maple whiskey I've ever had mm. here, mm. and it's it's very sweet, but it it does taste like just drinking maple syrup but it's still like 35 40 percent uh that could be but that's like yeah, a solid. really good sweetener you know yeah. okay so if we're gonna have a back like i can't think of any other drink with a, a like a back shot that isn't also a shot itself mm-hmm. um maybe we just focus in on the bakery because even that like herring pumpkin pie was a baked thing so yeah. just like it's baking fair. and and just like yeah just like bread beer and whiskey like just focus in on those yeah okay that and do we want it to be like mapley in any way and like top it with beer yeah and then she, she does also that. reference pancakes Get yeah the pancakes what about there? like topped with like a sparkling ale kind of like you know life like um like high life <laughs> <laughs> i mean she does fly pretty high that's not just that's saying not wrong. yeah <laughs> i will say so i was trying to top with like a really thick beer okay. but i feel yeah, like, like if your cocktail itself is already really sweet then topping with a lighter beer is not bad so well, there uh, there is a one beer uh, cocktail that i know of that i do enjoy which is uh, you take a, a lager like mm-hmm. a light beer of some sort and you pour in uh an ounce and a half of white rum and then like half an ounce of honey syrup and that's called bumba and it's huh. it tastes really good um but like so what if like we the, made, sorry, yeah the beer plays then like the main role in that so what if we made though like what if you had like pumpkin infused rum or something and then like a maple simple and then we kind of make it like tom collins style and we top it off with like i mean even like north high brewing has a a sparkling ale that's it's pretty high and out it's like for a mm-hmm. beer it's like seven and a half percent but it's really oh, light damn. it doesn't have a lot of taste but it's like it's kind of if people ask for champagne and we don't have it we're kind of like this is the closest thing and it just like it has a mild flavor but it could be kind of bready yeah. and yeah but it's kind of bubbly topper. and spready yeah, yeah it's very yeah. bubbly i might do that we could top with like, I mean, you know what? Okay, I do not like IPAs because mm-hmm. I find them too bitter. Yeah. But if they were the sparkling top of like a very sweet forward cocktail, mm-hmm. that could be good. It actually. could balance it out. Yeah. Instead of and having bitters in there, there's I think some it's, like okay. bitter sweet qualities to this movie. Yeah, I mm. think it is really hard to like think of a cocktail for this movie just because like yeah, nothing actually happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, that's not yeah. true. Come on, come like, on. Like, she... things happen. No, like, yeah, things happen. There's, just... a, there's not, like, some, some exciting action scene no. we can really base this yeah. off of. Well, I mean, she does say Tombo. 
She saves she does Tombo. Save Tombo. I that's mean, that's cool. like the, the 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 pinnacle, the climax of the yeah. movie, as it were. This, yeah. This movie, as much as going on, is like certain like teenage drama movies do. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. Honestly, like the beer, like a sparkling IPA, or you know, a bubbly IPA. Yeah. I mean, the sparkling oh, ale is um, nice because it's heavily carbonated, but. I can't remember what it's called right now. Revolution has Revolution Brewing has one that is um, really effervescent because they they make it in a brewed style. Mm. But it's okay. a beer. Man, what the fuck is that called? Oh, that would be cool. I gotta find. Because honestly, I feel like the pumpkin and the maple, or like I don't even know if we need the pumpkin. But if you want to keep it kind of simple, I'm I'm totally I, fine. I, with I was the just pumpkin. I was just thinking like like let's pick like a good whiskey. And then sweeten it with a maple, like a maple syrup simple. And then like I don't know, like Fee Foam's Black Walnut Bitters, or Fee Brothers, yeah, or yeah, like Fee Brothers Black Walnut Bitters. Brute Hero. Brute Hero. Yeah. (gasps) What what if we? Perfect. What if the Broom Hero? Yeah. What if we? That's pretty good. The Broom Hero. What if we literally just make uh, an old fashioned Mm -hmm. topped with beer? So like a, a highball, like basically an old of... fashioned served along. I have in the past like worked at restaurants where we, like one of our drinks is literally just an old fashioned served along, like mm-hmm. old fashioned topped with soda. Yeah, and it was super fucking popular because that's a great drink, and if mm. you just like serve it long, it's more approachable. It's even more. It's like it's you can definitely yeah. you can have it at brunch. Mm-hmm. It's a brunch old fashioned. That's super fair. I'm into that. Like we could it. just. Yeah, just like serve it long, because that's kind of what I was going for with like the bubbly. I think like, if you do, I do like the idea of um, like adding that pumpkin flavor into the whiskey somehow. So if you did like the whiskey flavor pumpkin, doing maple syrup, and then topping with a beer. Let's uh, let's use ten cup, ten cup Colorado American mm-hmm. whiskey because it's a lighter like a lighter whiskey and flavor, and yeah. it would. Hold you the could, pumpkin. yeah, it would hold the pumpkin better than like you know, like Rittenhouse Rye. Like you wouldn't want a pumpkin infused. But that then it has it's... some spices because it's a whiskey, so it actually go really nicely with the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, like pumpkin uh, infused whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, maple syrup simple, mm-hmm. uh, Fee Brothers uh, walnut bitters, like, uh, which is which is objectively the best bitters they make, uh, and then uh, top that with uh, what beer did you say? Oh, it's the Brute Hero by Revolution. Brute Hero by Revolution. Mm-hmm. That makes it pretty region specific, but I'm okay with yeah. that. There's there's a lot of Brute style IPAs out there. You a can find a different IPA. one. That's so a really an, solid one though. IPA specifically, so are we still gonna go? I guess because this is gonna be kind of sweet. If we, I was thinking like instead of the normal old fashioned build where you use like a quarter ounce or ten mils of of syrup mm-hmm. we use like a full half ounce of syrup yeah because it's going to get dried back out by the ipa yeah that that ipa is not very sweet at all it's pretty it's yeah. very mild um it's a little hoppy it's not aggressively hoppy it's, it's like a pretty mild hop yeah i like this i'm kind of excited because the, the main idea with that that beer is it's very it's got that effervescence from that like a lot of champagnes like brewed champagnes have mm-hmm. it's good I, like it a lot. I feel like this this might be one of the drinks on your list that that tastes pretty good. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. A lot of them are bad. Like, 
I was gonna I say mean, we I went feel back like Adam through, made a couple and they were not. We went back through a bunch of them and instead of trying to make them goofs, we tried to make them good drinks. Yeah. So I think all of them would be. I tried the alien number one. Um, that one not good. Was not good. Not good. That's fair. That was mostly that your brainchild. It has an absinthe um, spritz as a garnish in oh. order to mask the smell of egg because egg smells like wet dog. I know. Egg yeah, there's a beautiful bad. egg in it. I love egg in drinks, but... I do too. It's, you gotta drink that fast. The short uh, shelf life. I still think that pill jacket, man, you gotta try that. You have to try that. I am super fascinated because that sounds like the worst drink we've made and you're saying it's like the best tasting drink oh, we've also, made. Oh, also... We did have a question about why did why were you gonna butter wash butter wash that tequila for the one drink? Uh, we've listened back we've through talked it, about we, this before. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, but we I we can't remember. You told it's me because that. everyone's oily. I think he, it might be because everyone's oily. He, Everyone looks. You like said covered because in oil. rich. You said because something was rich. That is what you told me. Hmm. Is it? Yeah. Maybe you said. That, though, those were the words, and I was like, but that sounds terrible. And he's like, well, right. it's because something's rich. And I'm like, oh. I'm pretty sure it's because the... everyone looks like they're covered in oil. I'm pretty um, sure. Because that everyone was like um, pro wrestling, right? Yeah. 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 I thought you were just saying because, like, the owners were rich or something. And I'm like, oh, okay. Top with, all right, so I'm in, in the ingredients I'm listing, it's two ounces of tin cup whiskey mm-hmm. infused with pumpkin. Uh, half an ounce of maple syrup simple, uh, one dash of, maybe two dashes, of Fee Brothers Black Walnut Bitters. Yeah. Top with, what exactly do we want to say here? Like a dry IPA or? I would say like a brute style IPA or, yeah. Top with brute style IPA. We're going to have to make this drink. Logan, next time. It's we're really on. not hard. Uh, yeah, this seems like pretty simple. Actually, I think I have all those ingredients at Fidel's slash Walton's. Oh my gosh. Because they have the Fee Brothers Black Walnut Bitters at Walton's. We have Tin Cup at Fidel's. And I could just buy the Brew Hero. For sure. Yeah, if you want to make that. I would yeah. just have to make the maple syrup. Are we shaking or stirring? Uh, I'm saying shake the first three ingredients. I'm saying shake the whiskey, maple, and yeah, uh, and bitters, and then top with yeah. So no ice. We're just serving it long. Yeah. Do you no, think... no, no, you don't. Yeah, definitely. Oh, ooh, maybe no ice. Well, I no, guess you I don't. don't... Know. No, I guess you don't put ice in beer. Yeah, no ice. Yeah, no ice. Fair. Part of me is like, if there's no ice, should we just stir? No, because you do want that dilution for yeah, the. Yeah, I guess so. For the. Uh, I'm just worried about it being like. Yeah. Well, I guess not. Never you do mind. want to chill it a little bit and have that dilution. Yeah. What would the garnish for this be? Hmm. Ooh, uh, the Biscoff <laughs> rim. <laughs> no, um. Something. Mm, a miniature uh, pie slice. Maybe the uh, the fish sauce back. Could do a fish sauce back. Yeah, and if you're stupid, you'll you'll uh, drop it into the drink and chug it all at once. We oh, could also put some sort of uh, herb because her mom has that green greenhouse, but I don't know what would like go mm. well with this. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be something mm. more savory, maybe like basil. 
Maybe we do do the fish sauce back because if you put a couple dashes of fish sauce into a shot glass and then fill it up with water, it will look black. Like the cat? Well, like the cat. Hmm. And fish and cats go really well together. That's true. Gigi's back. I'm kind of into that. I'm all right with that. The Gigi shot. Just call it the Gigi shot. Shot glass of fish sauce. So, yeah, shot glass of fish sauce. I think shot we have fish sauce at the restaurant, too. I, you know, I love me some good fish sauce. Pretty sure we do. Yeah, all right, what is, what would the, okay, so here's the cocktail. Two ounces of 10-cup whiskey infused with pumpkin, half an ounce of maple syrup simple, two dashes of Fee Brothers Black Walnut Bitters, top with a brute-style IPA, shake the first three ingredients, serve in a Collins glass with no ice, garnish with a shot glass of fish sauce and water. I'm into it. What would we call this drink? I mean... What is the name of the bakery? Do we learn that ever? I don't... It's in like a weird German language. And then they they reference it as Osono's Bakery. Yeah. Or something like that. Or like... Yeah. I mean, you just call it herring pie. I know. I kind of want to be like, well, herring pie. Because the fish made its way in. Herring pot pie. Herring and pumpkin pot pie. Mm. Uh, I'll be okay with that, actually. I'm, I'm pretty fine with that. That would just be a fun drink to order. You can be like, I'll have the herring and pumpkin pot pie, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like something that would be in... Uh, herring and pumpkin pot pie. Herring has an E. Yeah. Adam, come on. Herring and pumpkin pot pie. It does sound like something that would be in Harry Potter, but I guess with all the witch overlap, that's not surprising. <laughs> this is true. All right, okay, so are, are we happy with that? Yeah. yeah it, sounds uh, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like... It sounds like the cocktail will be good. I'm not sure about It sounds so like sure the cocktail the, will be good. The, the chaser, garnish. the garnish, and but even if people don't drink the garnish, like... There, there's no cost to that garnish. It's yeah. like two to three dashes of fish sauce and water. It's okay. like it's 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 just gimmick at this. Yeah, point. it's gimmick, and that's for sure. that's totally for fine. Sure, for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. I like that. The herring and pumpkin pot pie for Kiki's delivery service. <laughs> All right. The official. Okay. The official recipe is two ounces of ten cup whiskey infused with pumpkin using a sous vide. Uh, half an ounce of maple syrup, which is maple syrup uh, uh, cut with three parts syrup, one part water to make it uh, pourable. Uh, two dashes of Fee Brothers Black Walnut Bitters, the best bitters that they make. Top with a Brute Style IPA, uh, Brute Hero, if you can find it. Shake the first three ingredients. Serve in a Collins glass with no ice. Garnish with a shot glass of two to three dashes of fish sauce uh, mixed with water. Sounds good to me. I would order it. I I would. Mm. I would at least try it. 
Have you all tried the Fee Brothers Plum Bitters? Mm. No. They're uh, not very good. They, I remember <laughs> I opened them and I my first uh, thought was it smelled like bubble gum. And um, huh. yeah, it does. <laughs> it's just, I think it's one of their uh, flavors that has a lot more artificial flavor because the walnut ones are pretty good. Their peach bitters are pretty good. But mm. plum ones taste very much like bubblegum candy. Mm. Mm. It's the, it's not great. I mean, I used it in that one drink, but I, I made like a plummy drink, but if they added more of like a sweet candy slash floral note rather than a plum note. Interesting. Plum isn't even plum isn't even a bubblegum mainstay. Fl- I, I, I know. I get, well, what flavor is bubblegum actually? It's, it's hard. Maybe. Uh, it's bubblegum flavor. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's, it's not like it's not like flavor. it's not like cherry or strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is plum flavored. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Well, that is the uh, end of our podcast um, for uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, Kat, thank you so much for being uh, a member, a member, I, a guest on this guest. podcast. Oh yeah, you're welcome. You're I just a, a guest, Cat. I am. I am just a guest. I'm not. I'm not a permanent fixture. It's <laughs> okay. You can hang out with Ben in the corner. That's cool. Yeah, Ben, our other guest. We're gonna leave you until the next time we need you. That's fine. That's fine. I'm happy to, to step in at any time. Yeah. So yeah, if you enjoyed this, uh, thank you. Please uh, subscribe and please join us next time. Where Logan, I am super excited about our next topic. Oh yeah. Uh, Zero pick. Never. Yeah, yeah. It, no, yeah, and uh, so. Uh, I am, uh, having us, uh, learn up on, uh, Tilatmama, Tilatama, uh, you don't have to it. it's your pick. Yeah, 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 well, it's, it's, it's a different language, uh, Tilatama, uh, a celestial nymph described in Hindu mythology. Uh, Tila is actually the Sanskrit word for sesame seed or, uh, a bit of sesame seed, so I'm, I'm actually really excited to talk to you about this uh obscure hindu deity great sounds <laughs> fascinating adam it's it's actually it's really fascinating it's gonna make really good radio it's it's gonna it's gonna be so good you should like i'm very excited to show you the uh the ancient picture uh that is the portrait of her on wikipedia you should send it to me right now Oh yeah! Oh, I definitely did. am. Yeah, it, it's great. I think I can. I can see why why this would be an exciting topic to talk about. Yeah, yeah. She looks definitely like the <laughs> Venus. De, she looks a lot like the Venus de Milo, actually. <laughs> oh my God! Did you guys see? Uh, there's an Iowa statue commemorating the end of the Civil War. Oh. There is. Yes. Look it up. Okay. Let's it's look the it up Iowa right State. Iowa State. Statue Iowa. I just saw it on Facebook. Iowa. Iowa statue commemorating the end of the Civil War. Okay, well, we'll we will look that up. Uh, but for now, you you need to start uh, reading more about uh, Tilatama and right. her uh, vague yet strong connections to Sesame. Great. We'll see you, Logan. Bye.
Hey, I'm Adam. And I'm Logan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Adam1Z4J2. And you can find me at Redenfield, R-E-D-D-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. And if you just want to get in touch with us like directly just for the podcast, you can go ahead and email us at overlyhornybostonbusdriver at gmail.com. Logan, how do, you, how do you spell that? Okay, I'm not spelling that, but it is overly horny Boston bus driver, all one word, no spaces, no caps at gmail.com. Pretty easy to figure out. Looking, looking forward to your emails, everybody. Sure are. <laughs>